welcome to the expat cast. I'm your sick host, Nicole. I, I've been knocked out with whatever it is that I have for the past four days. I'm hoping I'm on the upswing, but for now you're going to have to put up with my sick voice in the intro and the outro. <laughs> but luckily we recorded this week's episode before I was sick, and in this episode we, we take a little step off our normally beaten path and talk to an expat in Iceland. I think it's a country that a lot of people have been thinking about or traveling to over the last four or five years since the tourism industry has been booming, but I don't really know of that many expats living there, so it was really cool to get to talk to someone who lives there because the thing that everyone tells me who goes and visits is that it is crazy expensive, and that's actually why I've never been. Back when I was in college, it was the very first country that made me daydream about moving abroad, and it was totally... a college age daydream it was like I'm gonna shave my head bald and go live in Iceland for a year so yeah that didn't happen but <laughs> I also I, I've tried to visit Iceland um at least once or twice but the price really was the thing that got in the way and the overcrowded tourism bit that part's not so appealing to me either <laughs> but exactly because of those reasons I really was excited to talk to our guest and hear how she has been making it work in this magical, magical land that's captured our collective hearts and attentions these last several years. Our guest also throws out some pretty awesome travel tips, so if anyone's thinking about going to visit Iceland, definitely keep these in mind. Without further ado, enjoy the episode! Alex Illis, and I currently live in Reykjavik, Iceland, and I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the United States. Pennsylvania pride, represent! Yes. <laughs> How long have you been in Iceland for? So we moved end of July of 2018, so six, seven months now we've been here. So my husband is a high school maths and science teacher. So he got a job offer um, at an international department at a private school. So he teaches in English and his contract is for a year, but it seems like it's very open ended. We really like it so far. Nothing is telling us like, OK, at the end of the school year, we want to leave. So assuming that we'll get rehired, then who knows how long we'll be here. I was going to say, too, this is your first winter aka dark time <laughs> in Iceland yes. and you're still loving it it's still okay yes it's so Pittsburgh is very cloudy in general and it actually seems sunnier here so the darkness wasn't too too bad I could see if you didn't have a job where you like had to get up and go to work how you could very easily be in the house all the day and get very depressed but having a job and being forced to go out even if it's dark out didn't like make it too bad and we went and to Dublin over Christmas so getting like out of the darkness definitely helped. (laughs) That's so interesting, though, because so your husband's a teacher. Like, did you guys think that you were going to end up international at some point? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny. So he taught high school math, and I my background is in public health. So I worked in clinical research. So I currently work at the school, too, as a teaching assistant here in Reykjavik. But I have, like, no background in teaching or anything like that. 
And my husband back in Pittsburgh belonged to this like national math teacher association, like really, you know, nerdy. (laughs) And he randomly in April of 2018 got an email saying that there was a math teaching job in Morocco in Casablanca. And he emailed me jokingly being like, oh, hey, I applied for this job. And the first thing I did was make sure that we could bring our cats to (laughs) Casablanca. (laughs) And then uh, I responded back and I was like, okay, but like, are you serious? And he was like, no. And I was like, but we don't have kids. We can take the cats to Casablanca. Like, why, why not apply? So that kind of started our whole journey. Wow. He like interviewed with them and I like, went like crazy in depth researching what it would be like to live in Casablanca. Cause it's not only like a completely different country, but like it's also Muslim and like just all the different cultural changes. Like how would it be as like, uh, cause he also looked at jobs in like literally all over the world. And one of them was in Cairo and Egypt. And when I did like a little bit of research there, I was like, no, because basically it was like, if you're white and you have blonde hair, which I do, like you will be like harassed on the street all of the time. So I was like delving into like all of this research to see what I'd be like to live in Casablanca and like the school and everything. And I was like, okay, this would be great. Like if I, I was like, I would feel comfortable living there. Like the school looks really good. So he ended up not getting the job, but then that kind of just spurred him like being like, wait, I can teach math in English abroad, like, why not look? So he got connected to, there's like several different organizations that um, are kind of like headhunters for international schools. So he worked with a couple of them and um, he had interviews like literally all over the world. And the one place I said definitely no to was China, just because the Cats would have to be in quarantine for a really long time. The oh. cats are a big priority. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it somehow. I'm getting this, this feeling. <laughs> um, but then also, like, with all the blockage of, like, news media and social media, I just was worried I would be – because it wasn't guaranteed that I would get, like, a job wherever we moved. I would just feel very isolated in China So I was like, no, like, I'm not comfortable, like, moving there. And so then he ended up finding this job in Iceland, and I didn't, because he'd only taught math in the States, and I was like, I don't know, like, I don't think you'll get it, because it's for a math and science teacher. Like, there's no way you'll get this job. And then he got a job offer from a school in Mexico City, and he hadn't heard back from Iceland and a couple other places, And he emailed them being like, hey, I got a job offer for another place. Like, I'm still interested in yours. Will you give me an offer or no, more or less? And they came back and they offered him, they like found us a place to stay, which ended up not working out. And they said that they would hire me as a teaching assistant. And this was, Iceland was the only place that actually gave you like a real like middle-class living salary. Like, so like our lifestyle didn't change at all moving here. And so he got the job offer the very beginning of June. And then we moved, we landed July 25th. Holy crap. So, yeah. So it was like a three month, four month 
time frame wow. that we did all of this in. So there was literally no planning <laughs> for any of this, which meant like there was no saving for any of this. <laughs> wow. Had you been to Iceland so, before? No. So but- we came completely sightseeing. I had traveled like with my family growing up, like to the Caribbean, and we went on our honeymoon to Mexico. And I went to South Africa in college for like a brief study abroad, like a couple of weeks. But my husband had only been to Mexico and Canada. So this is really our first time like in Europe. So how forewarned were you by the time you guys got off the plane? I'm very type A. (laughs) So I did a ton of like research and like joining like all these different expat like Facebook groups for Iceland. So I like had like a lot of forewarning. But it's still like a little shocking, like happy hour specials are huge here, but like you're still paying like $6 for a beer and it's not like a craft, necessarily a craft beer, (laughs) just like kind of like a Bud Lights or like a Budweiser. Oh no. (laughs) So still, so it was funny because when we landed in Dublin, so we hadn't been like out of the country in like five months and we landed in Dublin and our taxi driver was like, oh, here, there's a really good place to go get like Guinness. It's a really cool bar, but be, it's like really expensive. Like you're paying like five euros for like a pint. And we were like, oh my God, that's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> we just had friends visiting from Switzerland here in Germany and they had like the same experience because Switzerland is also super expensive. And then they came here and they thought this was a wonderland. Every single story walked past, they would see a price tag and be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's not too bad because where we live, so we live in the city, but we live far enough out from downtown that we don't go out like every Friday and Saturday night, which is helpful. But like the couple weeks ago, me and a bunch of girlfriends went out for like a ladies night and we went to dinner and then we ended up staying out for drinks. And, like, just dinner alone was probably just for, like, my drinks and my dinner was probably, like, almost $100. And I, it wasn't even, like, I got that much stuff or that fancy of a place. Wow. When I paid, I was, like, oh, okay. But, like, I don't do this every weekend. So, <laughs> like, that's okay. <laughs> but then we stayed out for drinks, too. So I was, like, oh, man. So is this, <laughs> like, a constant pressure or or not even just pressure but just like awareness of the the expensiveness of things yes and it's kind of I would say like a good and a bad thing because like back in the states like I would go into Target and be like oh like I'll just grab this shirt like you know these shoes and here when I like go to a store I'm like oh this is kind of cute and then I look at the price I'm like is do I really need it and usually it's a no (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's kind of nice because that's like kind of been like a good thought out process of like what I'm buying versus just a haphazard like, oh, this is cute. I'm just going to buy it. But like it was hard when we first moved here because I was like, well, how do I know like what clothing stores to like go into? OK, is this expensive just because it's Iceland? So this is an expensive shirt or is it expensive because I'm in an expensive clothing store and yeah. I'm not in like an average store? It was nice because I ended up going with one of my coworkers who's Icelandic to a mall. So then she was like, like, like kind of like explain. We went to like rich stores. So um, I don't, have you heard of Lindex? 
No, I don't think clothing so. store. It might be a Dutch based. I don't know. I know it's like out. It's also in other places in Europe. But then there's also H and M here, and H and M is like same prices as in the states. Huh. So that's kind of nice that there's like two stores that I, like I know I can go to and get like sweaters that are like still like I know like the quality will like will be okay and won't be like killing my budget. <laughs> yeah. Have you had to learn like grocery shopping and things like that? How to how to choose because that's another thing where the quality is important and you want to you want to have a certain calculation of like which option you buy you know if you have four options for milk like yeah they're all milk at the end of the day so how do you choose like do you just go for the cheapest or have you I don't know how's that been I feel like I've heard you talk about it on the podcast before there's just like not as much selection yeah here there's like maybe two different brands yeah <laughs> so for some things if they're because I'm from Pittsburgh Heinz ketchup is like that's the ketchup you buy like (laughs) so they have Heinz ketchup here and they also have Hunt's ketchup and I think maybe some other brand but like I don't even look at the price because I'm like no 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 (laughs) like we're getting the Heinz ketchup (laughs) so like for some things like that um it's more like no like Philadelphia cream cheese like I'm like no I'm gonna buy like my American brand that I know that I like and is like keeps me like happy. And then for other things, it's more like now we don't buy chicken as often. Like maybe we have chicken for dinner like once every two weeks. Wow. Just because it's more expensive to buy here. But the meat, you literally, I can taste the quality of the meat is so much better than like buying chicken in the States. So it's like, is it worth it? Mm. But then I just, like, we ended up just eating. We do a lot of homemade pizzas, Ooh. which are, like, really good. Um, but I, w- I thought that fresh vegetables and fruits would be a lot more expensive than they were, than they are. And part of it is Iceland has a lot of greenhouses here. So you can actually buy, like, freshly grown produce. Um, that's grown in Iceland, like in the greenhouses. So it's not as expensive as stuff that gets shipped in from other places around the world, which is cool. Do you still get a range of options or is it very seasonally based? I would say there's not as much of a range as like going into like Whole Foods and being like, oh, look at all these like crazy fruits, like this (laughs) starfish or something, you know? (laughs) But, like, I just bought an avocado the other day that was imported. So, like, there's some things that I feel like are consistently based and then other things that kind of, like, ebb and flow with the season. It also helps us. There's Costco here, which is – they have, like, a lot of fresh stuff and it's Wait, there's a lot Costco cheaper. there? Yeah. Like, like, the giant retailer – what? Yeah. That's crazy. And, our landlord was saying that that basically was a game changer to grocery prices was when Costco arrived. Then it made like all the inflation and like all the local grocery stores like go down because people were just like all going to Costco for all of their food. Do they sell in bulk there too? Yeah. That actually really blows my mind because there's, there's just not that much storage in a lot of homes here in Germany. And I, I imagine there too. 
Yeah, so we have like a big thing of toilet paper like just shoved in our corner because <laughs> I'm like I don't, and we don't have a car, so we really we only go like once every like couple months when it's like okay, like let's go and like stock up kind of thing. And there's just two of us, so like, do we really need to go to Costco that much? Like, right. No. But yeah, people go like every weekend and I'm like, but where do you store all of these things? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like your fridge is not a big, deep, like American freezer fridge. There's no place to put like all of this meat. Mm-hmm. I, like, <laughs> that really, yeah. like, I, I got really amazed by that. I mean, I was still amazed by this when, when I was living in America, but extra much now is like when you see these shows, it's always on TLC. They always show like the people who have, um, it's like extreme couponing and they have an entire walk-in closet of, yeah. it's they have a grocery store at home and it's just wild to me. I mean, you literally could not do that here in most, in most homes. Like some people do have spaces big enough, but for the most part, you simply can't. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Important question about Costco. Do they give out free samples there too? Yes. Oh my they gosh. do. That's amazing. <laughs> a fun fact is if you have like an American membership, you can use your membership to access the Costco here. Right? What? So, yeah. So if anyone is coming to visit Iceland, they can go to Costco and stock up on like travel snacks. And use your American membership tag. That's actually a brilliant idea. That's so yeah. good. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so then how has the cost of living then affected your your hobbies? It sounds like you were saying earlier maybe you were a bit more of a shopper back in the States and here less just because you can't. But would you say that's true? Yeah, I would say that's true. I think part, like I would say a good chunk of it is because we live within walking distance to like one of like the big mall in Reykjavik. <laughs> So um, it'd be very easy to go shopping a lot, and I don't. But we also went out more when we lived in the States. So whether that was, like, for drinks or dinner, and then we just don't do that as much. And I think that's partly because we don't have a car. So it's also, like, by the time, like, we get home from work on a Friday night, even though it's, like, literally a five-minute bus ride to get, like, downtown, it's, like, (laughs) Uh, do we really want to go back out no No. okay let's stay in (laughs) do people there then hang out together more at home like a more like kind of house party or like get together vibe than than going out so I'm like going to be 32 so I feel like my like also going out life is very different now (laughs) but apparently um like the nightlife gets like really crazy like after midnight yeah people like go pre-game at someone's house and then they like don't go out to the clubs until like midnight 1 a.m and like I just can't do that anymore yeah like (laughs) I'm like I'm sorry I'm too old. <laughs> That's how it is here too. Like the first weekend or second weekend we lived here, we had friends come to town and they're like, let's celebrate. Let's go out. You know, this is like a college town. There's a lot of bars. We were out until sunrise and I have never seen so many people also out at 6 a.m. And it was bizarre. And then that's just normal here. And so uh, because of that, I have gone out like exactly two times since then because I'm like, no, because in my mind, going out would be I'm still home by 11 and you guys want to stay until sunrise and I will literally fall asleep at a bar somewhere. So sorry. 
Yeah. So it's nice because there's like a bunch of happy hour deals if we like go out like after work, which is good. But I mean, like a happy hour deal is still like expensive. Yeah. We went to happy hour on Friday and it was to like a nicer, like more upscale bar. But I probably still spent like $50, like splitting the bills. Like if you did that like every weekend, that, that would like really like add up. lot (laughs) yeah does the average salary uh, I guess account for this and and do most people end up living just as comfortably as anywhere else or would you say that it's in in odds with one another Iceland is like a very socialist country so like 99% of people are in a union like everyone is like making like a like livable wage but one of the things that um people people say about Icelanders is they like overspend what they like actually make because they want to have like the nicest things. Mm -hmm. So then um, I guess when the economy crashed in 2008, like a lot of people got like really really screwed over because they were had like all this debt and were like living beyond their means. Um, But if you like actually plan and like have good finances, then what you're making is fine but it's still like Reykjavik even though it's such a small city like only 200,000 people live within Reykjavik and the surrounding areas but the like we just live maybe a kilometer outside of the city center and our rent for a 45 meter square apartment is around 1500 US dollars wow but then if we lived like in city center it would be double that jeez so it's still like kind of like the same like big city problems like yeah it's live in a popular area you're still paying like excessive amount of money for rents and not like a lot of you know room and stuff like that it's nice that the city is like small so it's like very walkable but we're really lucky that we like were able to find like where we did because then we though any like leftover money we have is basically like going back for like our U.S. expenses. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Do you guys have to deal with student debt? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband doesn't have any, but it's all me. So <laughs> still have to pay off grad school. And then uh, like we, of course, have credit card debt, which just like exponentially like skyrocketed when we started paying for like all the expenses to move here (laughs) oh no yeah yeah well this is such a problem for a lot of young american expats like the generation of people who who have gotten hit by the cost of education rising then you you move to somewhere where their price of living in their whole system is sort of balanced out but i mean i think both germany and iceland are, are rather socialist and so in, in Germany, education is more or less free, and the idea of student debt is non-existent. So then your salary starting out is not going to accommodate for that kind of expense. Whereas in the States, like you don't make a ton of money, but it's kind of expected that you'll make enough that you can at least start making payments. And so I know a lot of people who moved here, and now they're trying to pay off their American student debt off of their like two to 3,000 euro a month job, which is enough money to live off of comfortably here, but it's not really enough to pay off 50 grand of debt in U.S. dollars. 
And yeah. so that, that, that ratio really works against you. Whereas I know on the other hand, I know a lot of people who are European and then move to America and they make so much money compared because they don't have this debt. And they're just like, wow, you guys get paid so much money. Why is everyone not rich? I'm like, oh no, because we're all super in debt. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be interesting this summer when we both have off. Yeah, for... true. So basically the month of July, we'll both just be like, okay, we have off, like, why not go out? Like, we can go out. It's not like we have to get up to do anything the next day. So I think we'll have to be, like, really smart in July. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that it was really important that wherever you moved, the cats could come with you. And we have video chat right now, so I've seen that they did come with you. <laughs> How is it having having cats in Iceland? Is that um, is that workable? It was very stressful to get them here and very expensive. So it was, I think, like five or six thousand U.S. dollars in total to wow. get our two cats here. And that's between like all of the vet visits that they had to have in the U.S. before they came paying for they had a month of quarantine when they arrived so basically I called it paying for their hotel (laughs) (laughs) and like their plane tickets so like all of that it was expensive to get them here so then that was like another bit like unexpected like we knew it cost money but it was obviously unexpected and we hadn't been planning on moving abroad so it wasn't like we saved up for this and knew like okay we like need six grand to um, bring our cats with us but obviously very much worth it I think I would be like very very homesick without having them here um but yeah it was a very like expensive process they had to go to like a special vet in the U.S. who could fill out international paperwork and they had to go to the vet like several times within like a month before we left and then had to like get all these different tests done because Iceland is an island. So they are very strict about making sure like no diseases like come into the environment here. Do you have to pay a a cat tax? Not that I know of. (laughs) I just heard that that's a thing here. Well, you have to have pet insurance and some apartments in Germany make you pay extra monthly for rent. But I think that's true in the states too but then i heard i've not confirmed but i heard that there's also an attacks like per animal mm. per pet yeah yeah i don't think so so iceland is very like cat friend like friendly so there's like cat like cats are indoor outdoor so like we're weird that like our cats only stay indoors huh. and i was like but they were indoor cats only in the states and we paid way too much money for them to become outdoor cats <laughs> in Iceland and for something to happen to them. So they just have to suffer and stay inside. But like our landlord doesn't make us pay any extra for the cats. But it's actually hard. It was very hard for us to find a place to live because we were bringing cats. So I ended up being like really creepy and messaging people on Airbnb to see if any of them would do long-term leases if they said that they were pet friendly because it was really the place that the school had found for us. Um, once we told them like, Oh, we're bringing our cats. They were like, Oh no, they can't rent like from us. Wow. So yeah. And another like really random fun fact is Iceland didn't allow dogs until I think that, 
eighties, like the nineteen eighties. Yeah. So like dogs are like there's only I think like one dog park we know of. Like dogs always have to be like on their leashes. Wow. So then maybe you're yeah. lucky in some way that you have cats and that they were even allowed in in the first place, but that's nuts. Yeah. Have you gotten into more outdoorsy things? Definitely. I wasn't like a big outdoor person before. You were <laughs> like, also I an was... indoor cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an indoor cat. <laughs> like I was like, oh, let's go. Like, oh, we're going to a beach for vacation. Great. Like I don't want to go like on a hiking vacation. But Iceland is just so beautiful and just so different from anywhere in the world so I definitely um like the idea like we went on a couple hikes this summer I'm still not a big outdoor person with the cold and the snow Ooh, yeah. but, <laughs> but like the summer I definitely want to go like on some hikes a little bit there's a mountain that's like we can take a bus to that's like really hard and I want to try and get like all the way up to the top this summer but it's also the culture in Iceland is also very much like you need to get outside. And I think that stems from it gets like so dark and people are like, okay, you, if you don't go outside, like you're going to just stay inside and get depressed and like you need to go outside and be like survive. Yeah. <laughs> so like our kids, um, no matter what the weather is like, go outside every day for recess, even if it's pouring or it's like really windy and snowy, like they just, throw on snowsuits, go outside. So I definitely like that concept of like going outside at least once a day for like a walk or anything like that. I think that's so neat too, how much there is to do outside when you have such an interesting landscape. The appeal of staying in, I'm also like a pretty stay at home kind of gal, but but when you are somewhere so striking, it's hard to ignore it. And, and I think that's such a wonderful thing like that you the place like forces you to change in that way, but in a really healthy way. I love that. Yeah. And the summer I want to rent like a camper van and like go to some places like that we haven't been to. And like before I would never ever have been like, yeah, like a vacation with a camper van. Like, <laughs> that sounded like horrible to me before. And it like sounds so appealing now. Um, and oh, and another big thing with Iceland is they love their pools. So there right. are pools everywhere and they're all outdoor pools. So no matter what the weather is, people like leave the like building and like run to the pool and get in and everything's geothermally heated. So it's like just all these like hot like pots that people just like get in and soak and just like enjoy being outside and like relaxing and like talking to like, you know, a random stranger. So I, I like the pools, but I'm not like a huge fan. My husband goes like minimum twice a week, if not more frequently. Wow. That's a very big culture. Like there was like negative 10 degrees Celsius. So what's that like? Um, yeah. 20 degrees. Something like that. Yeah. For like a couple, like a week. And I guess a lot of people were using a lot of the geothermal energy to heat their homes. And there was an article being like, the pools might have to be like shut off. And it was like, what? <laughs> no, they can't. The pools not be closed down. <laughs> and are those are those typically affordable then? Yeah. So there, the gym that we belong to is connected to several pools, like in the in Iceland. 
So we, we with our gym membership, we have access to a bunch of pools. And then there's also pools that like aren't connected to a gym that you can go to. So you can have like a gym membership and go to a pool or you can have kind of like a pool membership and go to and access pools because they're it's like almost viewed as therapeutic. And I'm pretty sure most unions like reimburse you for like gym or pool memberships because it's like it's like considered taking care of your mental health. I'm surprised yeah. that they're like so accessible though, because I've only heard of like the really touristy ones that everyone goes to, and they always are so expensive. Yeah, the Blue Lagoon is the big one, and I mean, I've been once, and it is like an experience, and it is like really, really cool to go and do. But like a couple decades ago, before it got like all built up and it was more like natural looking, like no like building and stuff around it. There was like a price for like Icelanders and then there was a price for tourists. It was cheaper for Icelanders to go. And I think they stopped doing that. And that I don't know too many locals who like consistently like go to the Blue Lagoon. And I think it's price, but also the fact that it's just like, all like it's just very touristy now <laughs> it's really cool I I think it's like worth it for the experience because you can stay there as long as you want and I would recommend so I went in September so we went like an hour before sunset so we got there at like six so we it was so gorgeous and I felt like it wasn't as crowded because it was the end of the day and it was so gorgeous we got to see the sunset and then we, we, that was the first time I ever saw the Northern Lights was when I was in the Blue Lagoon. Oh, so, that's so magical. So I'm like, I don't know. It was like really cool at nighttime. So that's like what I recommend to people is if you come, like depending on the time of year you come to go like right around sunset and then hopefully you might see some Northern Lights. <laughs> cool. That would be, oh man, that would be like next level the yeah. world is a magical place feels <laughs> pretty, pretty much pretty much <laughs> oh, cool. well with that then we're gonna round the corner and head to home and do the ending segment which is called sex 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 so i'm gonna ask you three questions and your job is to answer them without thinking it overthinking it just go with your gut <laughs> ready <Okay. laughs> this this dovetails nicely from our last conversation point what is the most overrated iceland tourist uh, attraction I don't know how big of a tourist attraction is, but there is a punk museum and it is, it used to be a public restroom. So it was like three public stalls and it's so tiny and it is like, so not worth it at all. Like, no. (laughs) What's it called again? It's called the punk museum. So it's all like about like punk music, but like it was the worst museum I've ever been to. What is your favorite item in the Icelandic currency? So they don't use current like currency. Everything you can pay with card. Like you can go to a campsite, pay with your credit card. Like I don't have cash on me. Like I just pay everything with my credit card. Whoa. So I, I love that. Good. And finally, can you give us one book recommendation? Um, so my favorite book is The Alchemist uh, by, I'm not going to say his last name right, Paul Kohilo. Oh, that was really bad. It's a very inspirational book. Highly recommend. Very good. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us about all things Iceland. Thanks. 
Thanks again, Alex, for coming on the show. I'll link to her Instagram in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram too at The Expat Cast. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at The Expat Cast. While you've got your phones out, please take a moment. Go ahead and write a review. I love seeing those come in. They're really helpful for me to, to know what you liked and what you didn't like. For instance, this episode had very little to do with Germany, and that's typically our main focus. So is this step off the path something you guys liked, didn't like? The best way to let me know is to rate and review, and in your review, let me know what the things are that you most enjoy about the show. Thank you, as always, to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in life and in podcasting, and to Amy Lundy Art for the logo, as well as to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram, too, at a hug from the side. Next week on the show, we talk with a very, very impressive lady who is living in Germany, has lived in a ton of different countries, and is all the while still managing a nonprofit back in Nicaragua. Until then, have a great week. 